Hi guys, it's me, Paula, and I pray. You can connect with me on paulaprays.com and pray with us and our prayer team uh, through zoom.com. If you would contact my website and let me know, I can sign you up. Okay, today I want to talk about prayer, and I want to talk about praying God's word. And I want to make it really simple because the first thing I want to introduce you to is in this introduction is why I I believe in praying God's word. Well, first of all, the Bible tells us so. Second of all, I have experiential knowledge of praying God's word and finding God answering my prayers. So I would I would encourage you to get with and listen to and open your heart right now. So I would say to you in the name of Jesus Christ, open your heart that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened, that you would open your heart, Holy Spirit, you would come and help um the people to see the truth right now and to be set free for it's by you, Lord. You sent your Holy Spirit as the teacher of the church and the Holy Spirit comes and he enlightens us and opens our eyes concerning the things of Jesus, the word of God. So Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus, would you come on this call, Lord? And would you help everyone on this podcast to see in Jesus' name the truth in the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. How do you turn the Holy Spirit loose in your prayer life? You know, if we don't acknowledge the person of the Holy Spirit, we don't know how to pray properly. How how can we pray properly if we don't understand the Bible fully? So Jesus promised that he would never leave us and he would send the Holy Spirit, yet we shouldn't ignore the Holy Spirit and disregard when he gives us an impression You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will come and he'll give you like an impression, I call it, or a prompting. I call it down inside your knower. You just suddenly have a knowing in your spirit that you should pray for someone. I'm asking you that because I need you to pray. And the Spirit of God will pull us aside. But if we rudely just tell him, no, 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 not now, and you keep quenching the Spirit of God, you see what I mean? And you keep pushing that down that nudge, I like to call it a spiritual nudge, then unfortunately, life is going to be really tough for you because you're going to be trying to do battling in the flesh. There's a lot of carnal, fleshly, you know, non-spiritual, non-scriptural praying I hear, you know? And so when you go into the word of God, be mindful of how, uh, the Bible shows us not only how to pray, and I'm not just talking about our Father who art in heaven. No, I'm not talking about those kinds of prayers, and those are good prayers that Jesus showed uh, his disciples how to pray. I love it. But that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about engaging the Holy Spirit in your prayers, opening up your own eyes, ask the Lord to open your eyes of your understanding, praying the Ephesians prayer I shared with all of you, um, Ephesians 17. And then also understanding that it's so scriptural to pray the word of God. And I'm going to give you scripture and chapter and verse for that. So if we don't acknowledge the person of the Holy Spirit, uh, it's going to be very tough, okay, in the hours we live in. It's going to be really, really tough. So establishing a prayer life is number one. And strengthening your inner man or the inner, the Bible uses the word man generically. It means man or woman, but it's your spirit man on the inside of you, and then beginning to pray the Word of God, okay? So uh, what, I wanted, what I want to teach you is the blessing of prayer. There's a blessing when you pray. There's scriptural praying, and then there's just people who just pray really nice prayers in the name of Jesus. Nothing wrong with that. But I want to get you to get your prayers answered, so I want you to pray some power prayers, okay? So 
Um, I use a lot of different prayers uh, over the years, like since the 1980, when I was in my prayer closet, the Lord began to show me different people who had books out there already written with the scriptures in it, praying the word of God. So I began to use those in my initial prayer walk. But then after that, I wrote my own journal, my own prayers, and I began to just automatically pray the word. Because once you put the word in there, in there, in there, in there, over and over again, and you speak the word out of your mouth, it becomes a part of your spirit. And it's easy for me to pray that way because I've been praying that way for years. This is no, um, not giving myself any glory, but I do need to ask you a question. How many prayers do you get answered? Do you get your prayers answered? <laughs> so, you know, over the years, I didn't say all of mine, no, but... Most of them and a lot of them are answered because I learned how to pray. The Bible says in James 5.16, and I like using the Amplified Bible right now for this because it is a teaching Bible. And, and it's a very good Bible if you're a teacher, especially it's an excellent Bible. You can read it out of King James or whatever you prefer. But it says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available, is dynamic, and it's working. So prayer is talking to God. It's a personal contact with Him. We are privileged. It is having that camaraderie, that fellowship, that intimacy with Him. Then in 1 Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. You know, when, when He says righteous, those are who are in right standing and right heart with Him. His eyes are on them. Those who are upright and in right standing with God, I just repeated myself. And his ears are attentive, are open to their prayers. That's 1 Peter 3.12. So prayer is not a religious formula. You know, it's not, you know, it can become, even if you're a Christian, you can get very religious in your praying. I had someone I met the other day and we were discussing some things and it was, it was good. She's a, a neighbor, whatever. And I said something to her and she, we were in agreement about many things. And and I noticed one thing she said to me at the end. She said, well, I read my Bible every day and I pray every day. And I was like, wow, that's good, you know. But she wasn't open to the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking to her. She wasn't sensitive to the Spirit of God that perhaps the Lord had a word for her. And I did have something for her. I shared with her, but she wasn't open. And I asked the Lord about it later. He goes, she doesn't listen to me. So prayer is a two-way communication. It's not just I blah 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 blah. I pray, 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 I pray. Oh, okay, I'm exhausted. It's also stopping and being quiet and listening. So it's a combination of hearing and listening the word that's coming into you, and then waiting on the Lord. And I always say, use a prayer journal, write things down because I don't know how you can do that without it. Because I have prayer lists, and I'm sure you do. Write things down. So prayer is not religious in, with no power. You see, it's not, it's not powerless. It's very, very powerful. But if it's going to be effective, if you're going to hit the bullseye and you want to bring results, you might want to look into the mirror of God's word and see Jeremiah 1.12. This is an astounding scripture. It says God watches over what? His word to perform it. So prayer that is based on the word of God is very, very powerful. And I have chapter and verse for you. Hebrews 4.12, for the word that God speaks is alive, full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, that's the soul, and the immortal spirit. 
and of joints and marrow, that is, of the deepest parts of our nature, exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Wow, that's a mouthful. That's of the Amplified Bible. The word that God speaks is alive and full of power. It's active, it's energizing, it's effective. Hebrews 4.12. So prayer is living. So what we do is we put the word of God in our hearts, in our spirits, and then we speak it forth out of our mouths in faith, believing. Okay? So we hold his word up to him. And our father sees him. It's like a mirror himself and his word. So God's word is our contact with him. You know, we're to put his word in remembrance. Like, tell him, Lord, I'm reminding you of your word in Isaiah 43, 26. It's the ability of God. It's his power. It's his might. And so the word does not return to him void, it says. It's not empty. Without producing, unless bringing effect, accomplishing what he pleases. And it says, but it shall accomplish that which he pleases and purposes. And it shall prosper in the thing for which he sends it. So Isaiah 55, 11, that's a, that's a hallelujah prayer. Everything God says will come to pass. So God didn't leave us, you know, without his thoughts, his heart, his passion, his words, what he believes, what he wants us to do. Um, but it takes a child of God who believes the word of God to pray for God to move. So he set it up that way. We don't get to set things up the way we want it. You know, you can say, well, why doesn't God do this? Why doesn't God do that? Well, all these things are happening in the world right now. It's just going to like a magic pebble, a shamrock. We're just going to roll. We're just gonna, it's going to go away. You know, we're just going to have a happy day. It's the end of the story. No. Haven't read your Bible, have you? It takes someone to pray. Where do we get that from? Jesus. <laughs> the Word of God. When you look into the word of God, you see men and women of God in prayer. Do you see them reaching out to them in faith, to Jesus in faith? Do you see them coming to God in faith and receiving from him? There's a good example. So that's how we are. So we come before God and we are his very own child, according to Ephesians um, 1.5. We are the righteousness of Christ in 2 Corinthians 5.21. And he does tell us in Hebrews 4.16 to come to him. This is a chat. Now we're talking to reborn children of God now. When you come to God in faith, you find mercy and help. And so in, in, in time of need, in Hebrews 4.16, gosh. So we can come to him, but with a right heart. You see, when you have his word in your heart, you're not, it's like a guessing game. I wonder if God would let that happen. Hmm. Well, let me just give you straight up. If you're walking with the Lord, and you're listening to his spirit, truly, and you're walking in love because the word doesn't work without love. I just thought I'd throw that in there. It doesn't work, right? You sound like a, a clanging cymbal or you sound like a harsh person. You can tell because what's in your heart is come, come out your mouth, beloved. All right? So in Christ, when we come to him, it says we have power and we obtain mercy that's appropriate, but we're not coming based on anything we have done. We're coming based on everything Christ has already completed at the cross for us. You see, it's his shed blood. It's his suffering. It's his death. 
It's his burial. It's his resurrection. It's him defeating death, hell, and the grave and defeating Satan for us. So that's how we can come. Now, when we come to God, we don't just come like, oh, I'm so weak. We have to suit up. We have to put on a barrier, a shield, an armor. And it's not the barrier of you being afraid. It's not, it's not a shield of, oh, I just can't trust anyone. What? What? That's a carnal thing. What? Then you better get saved, okay? Because we come to God with a prayer armor on, a warfare spiritual armor on to combat, not flesh and blood, but the devil and his camp. So if you're coming with an attitude and I got to put up a shield, then you better get that thing knocked down because you've got what's called a stronghold. And that's not a godly thing. You've got something going on in your head and your spirit needs to be renewed. Your mind needs to be transformed. Amen. So praise the Lord. I'm just here to tell you the truth. So don't get mad at me. The word of God says the prayer armor of every believer is not carnal. It's not fleshly. It's not of human origin. The prayer armor, I was thinking the other day about all the technology being used right now to sabotage and attack um, people. And they're using so much technology right now um, to hurt people, to torture them, um, to do implants in them, in their head. Um, There's so much warfare. And I thought, man, oh man, no wonder God gave us this amazing Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit. No wonder He gave us a prayer heavenly language. No wonder He gave us His Word, which is a weapon. So what are the weapons of our warfare? Well, first of all, I just said it, the Word of God, the power and authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. His blood, you can invoke if you understand it, the name and the blood of Jesus. Try doing that. If you don't understand what the blood means, you don't understand anything. See, there is no forgiveness, remittance of sins without the shedding of his blood. There is none. So there is no way of coming to God <laughs> based on you or me. It has to be based on his one and only son, Jesus Christ, and him crucified and risen from the dead for our justification. That is the gospel. That is the word of God. If you're preaching anything else, your religion, you know, philosophy of men, somebody you're following, I'm very sad for you because you are going to not become a more soft-hearted, loving, prayerful person. You're going to be becoming a very hard, judgmental person. In fact, uh, the other day when I had this encounter, uh, I thought it was interesting with someone because there was a, a real pride in her when she said that she prayed and she read her Bible, I was like, ooh, yeah, why doesn't that sound loving to me? And I said, well, you know, I said, that's good. I said, the only thing is the Bible says your prayer doesn't work without love. And John 13, 34, Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples or my followers, that you have love one for another. He was talking about love of the brethren and sisters in Christ in the family of God. And I hope you know that's what he was talking about. So Satan, the spiritual ruler, God, false, small g, God of this world, and his demonic forces cannot be taken down with your carnal weapons. So here, write these down. 2 Corinthians 10.4, Ephesians 6.12. All right? Put on the armor of God. All right? 
What is Ephesians 6, armor of God? We're instructed to put up, take up that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times, Ephesians 6, 18, on every occasion, in every season, in the Spirit. Notice, that's capital S, the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, in the Spirit, with all manner of prayer and entreaty, all types of prayer. There's prayer of praise, there's there's prayer of thanksgiving, there's prayers that we offer up, petition, there's prayers of intercession, there's different kinds of prayers. I might get into that later, another, another time. But praying in the Spirit is praying in your heavenly language, okay? I was thinking the other day, there's no way that you're going to be able to walk through the end times without this armor on. The name of Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit, there's no way you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do anything for God because it is too deep. That's what's, what's happening right now. So all prayer involves time of being with the Father, talking to the Father, listening to the Father, and also repenting of not being dedicated, of being a prayer, prayerful person, not walking in prayer, but walking in ignorance, walking stupidly like a dumb Christian through this world so that he can just pick you off and your family and your grandkids and everything you want to do and sabotage it. So in Ephesians 6, we're instructed, take up a sword. Do you know a sword is like any of you in the military out there? (laughs) It would hurt if you stabbed somebody with a sword. Ouch, right? Well, take a few jabs and just jab them a few times. It is written in God's word. 1 Timothy Two said we're admonished and urged that we are to petition God and pray to God and intercede and offer up thanksgiving. So it's First uh, Timothy two one for all men on behalf of all men. Do you notice that? I'm not. I'm noticing that some people don't understand that prayer is unselfishly done. I still think people have a weird little motive. And that might be, well, how are things going for you? How are things working out for you? Because I doubt that your prayers are getting answered. Or if you're even really praying in faith, believing in Jesus' name. Because praying selfishly is just not God's thing. He watches over, looking to and fro, who he might show himself strong through. Here, my Lord, use me. You're a vessel of honor that he can flow through to pray for others. Get it? Every believer, every believer in the body of Christ who will walk in, not carnally minded. You're no earthly good then. No, no. Prayer must be the foundation of your life. You know, the prayer of the upright is his delight. When we honor God in his word, we bring forth much fruit. All right? The words, the truths that I am speaking to you, Jesus said in John 6, 63, that I'm speaking to you are spirit and life. Isn't that beautiful? Spirit and life words. We're not helpless. God didn't say, well, I'm going to see you later. Jesus goes up to heaven. Hope you guys make it. Bye-bye. No. He's provided us with the ability, if we will take the time, 1 John 5, 3-5, and ensure total victory. Romans 8, 26, the Spirit helps our infirmities so we know not how to pray or as we ought. He's given us every possible ability. We pray, we pray to the Father, notice, in the name of Jesus Christ, 
through the Holy Spirit. Watch it. He's the vehicle, the intercessor by the word or according to the word of God. That's how you pray. That's in a nutshell. People say, how do you pray? I'm sadly, sadly alarmed by what I hear as called prayer. We pray to the Father. Are you purposely going Father? You can't say Daddy. You can't say Father if he's not yours. Those that are born of the Spirit of God, Jesus said, are called sons of God. Jesus said this to a very religious man of his day, Nicodemus. He said, you are a religious leader? You're a rabbi? Do you not know that you must be born again? That's my paraphrase. In the book of John, he talks about it. Read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. He talks all about it there. He said, you must, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. Come on, out of the will and desire of man, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. My words are spirit and life, Jesus said. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, according to his word. Why do we pray according to his word? Oh, I don't know. It just sounds like a nice thing to do. Just add that on. No. What? This is basic Christianity 101, darling. In the beginning, before all time, okay, was the word, logos. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And the word became a human being, is God, and dwelt among us. Jesus is the way. He is the word. He's the exact representation of the Father. Exactly. So James, by the Spirit, admonishes us that we don't have what we want because we we ask, but we receive not because we ask amiss. James 4, 2 and 3. Do you want to heed that admonishment? For us to become experts in prayer right now, We need to rightly know and divide the word, capital W, capital T, of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15. Using the word in prayer is not taking it out of context. Line upon line, precept upon precept. The word will help you and the Holy Spirit is the one who wrote it. I asked the Lord one day, I said, this and that about the word. He goes, oh, well, you know, I wrote it. So I'm an, I'm, the Holy Spirit is the effectual communicator of my word. <laughs> you want to go with him. So to have your prayers re- bring results, and you want to see those, you want to receive those exceedingly abundantly wor- things from God, right? A power lies within the word. It is anointed by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God does not lead us apart from the Word. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He makes Jesus real. Yeah, that's what that means. He makes him real, alive. He comes alive. The Word of God comes right off the pages. Amen? We apply the Word personally to our lives and others. We are taking it in the name of Jesus, applying it right now to the circumstances and situations we are facing. So Paul, in the very first chapters, we've taught you this in Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and 2 Thessalonians. There are your examples of how the great apostle Paul prayed for believers. There are numerous others. Search them out. Search them out. Paul wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So how can we go higher than that? Huh? Is it Jesus and dot, 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 something else in your life? Well, it's never going to happen. It's never going to work. 
you know. It's got to be Jesus only and his word. Search it out. Search it out. Here's how we pray. I mean, I like when people are inspired by the Holy Spirit and write their prayers out. They're beautiful and they're scriptural prayers. I mean, beautiful prayers are beautiful prayers. But faith doesn't work but by love. And we grow up spiritually when we search out and reach out in the word, getting ready to help others. We've got so many prayers to pray. Praying for and helping others. We hold out to them. What? What do we hold out to people? Nothing. I have no hope. The word of life, Philippians 2.16. So here's basic Christianity 101. We present our bodies a living sacrifice to God. We say, Lord, here am I, come. This is the mystery, by the way, of the ages. It was secret, was hidden. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Had, had the devil known, he never would have crucified the Lord of glory. Right? So in order to be successful, we have to understand, we have to be properly fed. Our spirit needs to be fed spirit food. We need to put the word of God in there, put the word of God in there, put the word in, just like your body needs physical food. The spirit or the hidden man of the heart where the Holy Spirit or the inward real you, I call your, your knower on the inside of you, the spirit is the real you. And that part was reborn when you accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and life. You repented of your sins and he came in. If you haven't had a simple salvation understanding, the Bible says you must be saved. Saved from what? First of all, try eternal damnation. There you go. (laughs) That's a huge one. You must develop faith, though, in God's word and feast on his word. But our minds are not renewed. Our our minds need to be born again, if you will, because Ephesians 4, 23 and 24 says our minds need to be renewed or get a fresh new mental attitude. You get the same old mindset or strongholds in your mind, your spirit may be reborn, but your mind isn't. So the Bible exhorts us to get a new mind, a new attitude, by renewing your mind to what? To the internet? To people on the internet? No. To some local uh, show, television show? To a movie? No. To the word of God, the word of faith. So we're to present our bodies a living sacrifice so we can pray. We're not to let our spirit, our, our body dominate us, but our spirit rises up because we put the word in there. We get a fresh new spiritual mental attitude and we become dynamite, united to the Father, through the Holy Spirit, the power of God. We've taken in our spirit food and we are rocking it. We are doers of the word, not merely hearers, deceiving ourselves. You see? Don't be a mental, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, uh-huh. If I said to you, to you, do you know what this says? And you went, uh-huh, mm-hmm. But you couldn't quote it back. You couldn't tell me what it says. You don't know nothing. Because if I said, do you know this? No means you have comprehended it and you understand it and you are practicing it. Why does he say, don't just be merely a hearer? Oh, that tickles my ears. I like that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, I like that. No, no, no. You can then become deceived. Just a mental um, assenter, agreeer, okay? I agree. Mm -hmm, uh mm -hmm. That's not it. No, no, no. Unless the Word of God actually becomes a part of you 
and transforms you, and it can, has the power to do it on the inside of you, and your mind isn't renewed, you're not going to know much. And you're not going to be able to pray much, okay? So I want you to get the guarantee with this agreement we have in Hebrews 3.1 with between the Father and Jesus, we have a more excellent and advantageous covenant here, right? Do you know your word? Hebrews 7.22. Prayer does not cause faith to work, but faith causes prayer to work. Therefore, any prayer problem is a doubting and you got unbelief in there. And you don't have enough of the Word in there. So plug in to the Word of God and spend hours in the Word. Because you don't want to spend hours being fruitless in prayer, do you? Like, oh, i got to pray. I wonder why my prayers aren't answered. I know. Have you put the Word of God in your heart and mind? Have you been meditating on the Word? Even that word, meditate, that is an interesting word. Many, many years ago during my walk ministry with the Lord, I noticed something. People would throw that word around, meditate. You know, they would use all these words, you know, like strange new age type words, you know, like trying trying to get us to be hooked into meditation, almost like Eastern mysticism. No, a thousand million times no. We're not talking about Eastern mysticism here. We're talking about meditating, thinking about, chewing on, speaking forth the Word of God, the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. We're preparing our hearts, not for some mantra, saying over and over and over again something. No, that's, that's Hinduism, and that's also evil, and that's also the occult. Do not do that. No, no. We are to meditate on what? Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're to become like Holy Spirit inside-minded. God told Joshua in Joshua 1.8, what did he say? Meditate on my word day and night, doing all that is written in there. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and you will have good success. We are to attend and submit Submission, that's a bad word today, isn't it, for women? They just don't like that word. Well, submit there doesn't mean like submit yourself to abuse. It means give your heart over to my word, to my sayings. Keep them in the center of your heart. Put away your contrary talking. Proverbs 420, 24. We use God's word in prayer. This is not something we just rush through uttering words and we're finished. No, it's not manipulation or magic. You see? It's not repeating things over and over and over. We expect his divine intervention. We expect God to move on our behalf based on his word. Because see, when you put the word in there, it just rises up in your heart and it contacts God, the Father. It's not just saying set prayers either, but it's spending time with him. Learning is wisdom, learning is word, drawing from him. You desire the whole counsel of God's word, don't you? The Bible says be transformed. How are you going to get transformed? How are you going to get that? How are you going to be changed? You're not going to be changed if you're listening to negative things and putting that in your heart and mind. What is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God is through the renewal of your mind. Through the word of God, Romans 12, 2. The prayers of your heart should come out 
of the Word of God. The prayers of intercession, praying for others. You notice that, you know, you become more loving. When you pray, you become more in touch with others and their needs, and you pray, transformed by the renewing of your mind. So forgiveness is a big deal, right? Because the Bible talks about forgiving. It's hard sometimes. I admit it. People do things that are wrong, and it's hard to just say, Father, forgive them, forgive them. Love your enemies. Like That sounds contrary in Matthew 5.44. Pray for those who persecute you. But you know what? Right now, let's do it. Father, we pray for those who have heard us in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we come based on your word, and we lift up before you. And right now, lift up before the Lord anyone that has offended you. And we pray blessings upon this person, and we implore your favor upon them, Lord. We pray for that person, name them right now, and we just set ourselves to do good toward that person. We'll be merciful, we'll be tenderhearted and compassionate, even as you are, Father, towards me in Christ Jesus. And Father, you ask that we ask that um, we would have peace right now in the situation, and we refuse to take offense. And just name that person. I refuse to take offense towards. And just say, Jesus. And it could be through anything that's going on right now in media. It could be before a person, a relative, a friend, a past association. Um, it could be someone currently. Anything. Anyone. Jesus, I, I am blessed. And I thank you. And I take no offense and in you. And I refuse to be hurt right now. Annoyed are be made to stumble and fall away from you, Lord. And Father, I just right now roll this on you. I commit this person to you. You know, when the Father tells us to cast someone upon him and give them to him and he will take care of it, then you better believe that. You know, because it means the Lord is going to work in that situation and he, you're going to release that person to the Lord. And you can't keep taking it back. Stop doing that. The Lord will say, release them, forgive them. And you do that consciously. That's a conscious thing in the name of Jesus now. And so we expect that release to come. And if every time that thought comes, and all you need to do is just go right back there and begin to start that thing over again, put that down. Put that down. Say, no, I've already forgiven them. And I thank you, Lord. And I, and I bless them in the name of Jesus. And then let it go. See, when you let something go, you're casting that over on the Lord. Now, I don't know why the Lord just diverted this call. I mean, this, this podcast over to um, someone forgiving. But I just feel that in my spirit, forgive. In Jesus' mighty name, be forgiven. And know that you are greatly loved. You know, know that you are greatly loved, okay? There is a new heaven and a new earth coming. Revelation 21, 1 through 5. This, this world, this old world full of sin and death, <laughs> we know what the book says, don't we? Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth hath passed away, and there was no longer any sea. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, 
God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Revelation 21, 1 through 5. I love you and I bless you and I leave you with these words. Thank you for being part of my podcast and my ministry. I need your support and I expect that from you all if you know me. I love you. Thanks for taking time with me today. Bye-bye.